Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. What is today? Today is Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, you know, I... it's, it's well, days of the week are confusing to me. Eighth day. There's a lot of, of things confusing. Eighth day of December 2022, to be precise. Boy, we're getting closer to Christmas. Have you got all your uh, your decorations up, Bill? Have you got your tree up and your wreaths well, and you things know, like that? Funny you should mention that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm up visiting in Boston, and mm-hmm. things are decorated here, and mm-hmm. gifts are under the tree here. But I live down in Pennsylvania, and things are decorated there. And uh-huh. there are some things basically put away in a closet there. Because, well, have you got your goat's head up? Oh, uh, you know, uh, no. Okay, I gotta I gotta play this little clip for you that I thought was interesting, and it makes you go, hmm. Well, nothing says Christmas like enshrining Satan in the White House. That is, if you are Joe and Jill Biden. It's right, you heard me correct. Jill Biden, the first lady, recently posted this tweet. She said, For this year's holidays at the White House, we hope to capture the spirit embodied in the very idea of America, we the people. Well, first of all, Christmas isn't about America or the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence or we the people, but people looked at Jill Biden's decorations and they looked closely, in particular, the wreath. And the wreath has we the people under it. And then they noticed something kind of odd. Yes, the colors are not very Christmassy. They're green and kind of a dark blue kind of odd, but when you look really close, what do you see? This goat head, like a demon Mm -hmm. head, like a Baphomet head, enshrined above the reef. What do you think about that? A goat's head uh, enshrined above the wreath on the mantle. Uh, Well, it's very obvious. Anybody that knows, knows that that means they're Satanist. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's good to know, nice to know that they publicized it there. What is that doing there? What do I have to do with Christmas? Well, Satan was a fallen angel, so, you know, Bill, they uh, worship the dark side. Satanists like to do things in public. They like to pretend they're, they're one thing and show you that they're another. Do you know? They, they, yeah. they'll, they'll say they're devout Christians. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then they'll they'll do something which uh, is 180 degrees from being a Christian. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. I, I'd love to show everybody the picture of the goat's head. They have a picture on the mantle. By the way, the wreath, Bill, is a dark, morbid green with almost black ornaments on it. They're navy blue ornaments, and it's just not Christmas. It looks it looks like a uh, a wreath you'd put on a funeral uh, Hearst, you know, in 1860, you know, they, they used to put wreaths and stuff on the uh, carriages. It looks yeah, like I something know. you'd see there, but it's not, uh, not a happy or cheery Christmas wreath. Bill, I was reading, a few, I was thinking last night, which is an effort on my part, but I was really, thinking, yeah, yeah, thinking. Was, yeah, it's a, tough one there, it's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. anyway, I was thinking about the things that he's done in the past two years, President Biden, and Bill, I think each of these by themselves, as they stand alone, are, are treasonous. Well, let me qualify this, because just the other day, somebody was talking about all his accomplishments and saying that he is the biggest president since John F. Kennedy. 
I just say that because that is the that is the narrative they are pushing now on the left. You know, he's done the most. He's the biggest president since John F. Kennedy. He's got the highest approval ratings. And now that now that I sold this, mm-hmm. show us <laughs> what he has done. Bill, Tell us, dear sir. This was ten minutes before we started the show. I I broke mm-hmm. out my word processor and I started typing this. He cut the Keystone Pipeline and exploration in Anwar. He cut that off almost immediately. That was one of the first things he did. He right. des- he destroyed the border security, allows millions to enter the border illegally, and the importation of massive amounts of deadly drugs. He ships illegals to different parts of the country. This is his administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, inaction has aided and abetted in human trafficking, including sex trafficking of women, and children. Okay, that's number three. Number four, abruptly withdraws troops from Afghanistan, leaving behind Americans and $89 billion worth of, of state-of-the-art equipment. Number five, he involves our country in a war that is being run by a dictator pretending to be uh, the leader of a democracy. Zelensky has shut down or taken control of opposition television stations. That's one of the first things he did. He money launders billions of U.S. dollars. The money comes from the U.S. to him through organizations like uh, the cryptocurrency, FTX, and then back to uh, politicians in the United States. I'm sure he keeps his his fee, right? Uh, And he shuts down a 1,000-plus-year-old Ukrainian Orthodox Church. The Ukrainian Orthodox Church has been around longer than any of their governments, you know? And yet right. he shut them down because he felt that any other voice in the Ukraine was opposition. He didn't want it. I think he said they had ties to Russia, which, by the way, they don't. They're not the Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, number six, trying to take away constitutional right to bear arms. You'll hear more about that in a little while. Uh, he stops domestic drilling of oil, makes us dependent upon some of our enemies like Venezuela and uh, countries like Saudi Arabia, and even to a certain extent, Russia. We get some of our oil from Russia. And number eight, he drains our domestic strategic oil reserve, a supply held in reserve for uh, military emergencies. And I would say that any one of these things by themselves would be cause for removal of office. Some people would say that they're, they're acts of treason, yet he gets away with it like nothing is going on. That's just, I, I put that together, Bill, in five minutes. Yeah, and you know, that and done in five minutes, if you took an hour, you'd probably have uh, a ream of paper of everything that he's done. True. That you you couldn't write a movie script of how to dismantle the country uh, as thorough as what Joe has done. This has been a planned, you know, uh, agenda. Yes. They knew exactly. He knew exactly what he was going to do and what he had to say to get into the office. And, you know, I, I came up with a phrase yesterday, and I was going like, it was about Georgia. I said, well, Georgia is no longer a red state. It's become steel blue, S-T-E-A-L yes. blue. Yes, you know? yes. And, you uh-huh. know, and I think we're a steel blue country, you know, when you get right down to it. There are some people who believe that there's much more going on in our world than what we see. We're seeing stuff on the surface. You know, I was listening to uh, one of my favorite morning talk shows out of Boston, of all places. Yeah, I know and, the guy. Yep. Yeah, and 
he's talking today about California wanting to give reparations to minorities, to the black community, uh, for, for slavery. My family wasn't here during slavery, and I don't think your family was here during slavery either. No. The members of my family who were here were Irish, and they were treated like second-class citizens too. You know, they used to have signs in New York and in Boston, Irish need not apply. So we didn't have slaves and weren't involved with slaves, but yet if Gavin Newsom gets his way in California— Everybody would be paying a reparation of some kind to the black community for slavery, which, by the way, no one alive today was involved with. No one, black or white. True, but he wants to do that because he wants to empower. He wants to. He wants to empower himself, and he wants to buy a, an entire race. You know, yeah. and basically, you know what? That's nothing more than slave trading because. When you take that reparation, you are a bought and paid for slave. Where does this stop? I mean, if if my ancestors were treated poorly somewhere, should we get, should I get reparations? Should there be reparations to Irish people? Should there be reparations to German people? Should the Jews get reparations from Germany for all the things that Hitler did? All those years ago, this well, wait a minute now, you know, okay, now let's go back to the reparations because, uh, let's go back to the seventies and when somebody's getting out of school and they're trying to make uh, the playing field even and fair, uh, the only way to do that is to sit there and say, I'm sorry. Uh, but the color of your skin says that you're a privileged person. Mm -hmm. So you get nothing, you know, and they did a point system. Point systems for jobs, point systems for everything. And that point system, the fact that I was born in this privileged category, didn't get any of the benefits of it. But, <laughs> you know, but here I am privileged. Let's take your privilege away and bring you down to the bottom of the ladder. All right. Then guess what? Well, now I've been, you know, taken advantage of. Then I deserve reparations. You know, when you get right down to it, every damn person in America, if you want to go on that scale, probably deserves something. You know, I, I can't you know, change the, history. What the woke left love to do is they love to cause strife between people. You know, it's they it's like to divide yeah, yeah, they want they to divide like, us. They like to divide us. Exactly right. You think about how we we've been up until recently. People have been getting along pretty well in this country, but over the last, let's say, 12 or 13 years, there's been some craziness, some mm -hmm. divisiveness in, in our country. And You dangle that carrot on a string, and all of a sudden, hey, you're entitled to this. Yeah, you know, hey, there's a lot of money here, and you, this is yours. All of a sudden, minorities will look at you, Bill Knight, white guy, as being an enemy because— you did terrible things or your ancestors did terrible things to my ancestors. Not that you did anything wrong to him, you know, but that... Well, let, me, let me explain one thing to you. Uh, as far as I go, my parents go, and my grandparents go, uh, they came here on a... Well, I didn't come here on a boat, and my parents didn't, but my grandparents did. I should be given a, a, a ticket to punch that says, you know, get out of jail because that's what this is. 
This is liberal jail. How about the uh, Irish guys who came down, came into New York, and this happened a lot on boats, and they came down the gangplank to the dock. At the foot of the gangplank was a recruiter during the American Civil mm-hmm. War. And in order for them to be citizens in this country, you want to be a citizen in this country? Well, you got to fight for it. So you got to sign up here. And he got yeah. people to sign up. And before they had a chance to take off their coat, they were in the Union Army and being shipped somewhere to fight and die. And you got to ask yourself, do do they deserve a, a reparation of some kind? They didn't do Absolutely. anything wrong. They paid to, no, they didn't come here to fight, but we made them fight. Yeah. We made them do things uh, at our behest. So they deserve something. By that standard, they deserve a lot. You notice we've spent the last, uh, I don't know, five minutes talking about this uh, story that I heard Jeff talking about this morning on on the radio about uh, reparations. And it's a non-story. It's a nonsense story. It is a bull story, but it's a distraction. It ta- And it really is a good distraction. You mention something like this, all of a sudden the, the dialogue and the conversation goes towards this story and against what's really going on in our country. And that's that we're losing it. That it, Well, that, yeah, uh, we are losing it. But see, they've taken all these things and ownership of them. Is it a non-story or is it a story? It is a story that needs to be addressed. But if we choose not to address it and go on to the next story, all right, uh, we got to get to the head of the snake and cut it off. To me, it feels like being on the Titanic and you're sinking and you're upset because the band leader won't play any more music or because he's playing a different song than you wanted to hear in the in the ballroom. It's like that doesn't mean anything because your boat is sinking. Yeah. I think the country is in, in that kind of a, a situation right now. We are in dire straits. And any conversation other than the conversation on how to right the boat, so to speak, the ship of state, is a distraction. And I think they love, they love distraction. Now, I'm going to read you. Well, you know who they're distracting, though? Who? Guys like you and me. The people that talk for the right. Because the one thing that they have, you know, when you think about it, the government and and Elon Musk, if he's done anything, he proved that the government used Twitter and it's using the media to sit there and control the, the narrative and the word. Now, they have a focal point. Their orders and what they talk about come from the federal government. And there's no mistake. Make no mistake about that. Who tells us what to talk about? We do. Right. You know, and and so we can be like a ship at sea without a rudder mm-hmm. vacillating around. And maybe what needs to be done is a little bit of organization on and unity on the on the conservative talk. Right. And we're not going to get the government to help us out on that. To where we focus on what's important, we tear it. I was listening to uh, some of the talk shows, the national talk shows, uh, yesterday, and they've become such a disappointment because when we talked about this a couple of days ago, you know, mm-hmm. Rush would talk about things on the cutting edge. Rush was a leader. He he had a gift. He could he could talk about things which later became the news. He was ahead of the uh, curve. Whereas a lot of the talk show hosts now, the national hosts, uh, don't have that skill. They don't have that gift. And I mean, not to say that they're not good, but they don't have his genius. And the guy was uh, a talk show genius. Well, you know, one of the, and I hate to bring up radio, but one of the things that he had was 
good gut instinct. A programmer at a radio station back in the old days knew how when a record came in to sit there and listen to that record and go, you know what? That right there is a hit because he knew from his intuitive skills what would be a hit and what would not be a hit. And then there were the other programmers that followed the leader. They knew that, well, there are these 10 stations. We can sit there and see what they're playing and we'll play it too, because we know they never go wrong. It was a guy that had good gut instinct, you know, and, and, um, he was that way. Rush was that way. He could sit there. He would see something and go, you know, this is not a big story now, but this is going to be huge. So he would jump on it early. Yeah. He was, he was a guy who he led the story. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he was the guy who started the first, he wrote the first sentence of a story. Everybody kind of followed behind him. He could look at a topic and knew this was going to be important down the road. I think that we are, uh, we're, we're being distracted. I mean, look what happened the day before yesterday. We lost a traditional red state, Georgia. And I think, and a lot of people will, will agree with me, the steel went into effect there too again. The system was in place. They took it. I mean, we already know it's a fact. And nobody mentioned this either, Bill. I watched the news a lot last night. Nobody mm-hmm. mentioned the fact that there were armed uh, new Black Panthers at the polling places with AR-15s. Nobody talked yeah. about that. Now, you know, the, the, and to protect the Democratic vote, yet the Democratic Party wants to get rid of uh, assault rifles, uh, AR-15s. But basically, you know, they're saying they want to get it away. They yeah. don't say they want they to get want rid to get of yours. From... They want to take yeah. your AR-15. They don't want to yeah. get rid of all together. The AR-15 is in the, in the hands of the right people. That's a different story, you know. Well, see, it's your interpretation and their interpretation of who are the right people. Biden was talking about this yesterday. He's once again uh, in the mood to take your guns, and he wants to do it again. He was speaking in front of a group yesterday in D.C. Here's what he had to say. Even as our work continues to limit the number of bullets that can be in a cartridge, the type of weapon that can be purchased and sold, the attempt to ban assault weapons, a whole range of things that are just common sense, just simple common sense. But, you know, uh, we did it before. You may remember. In the 90s, we did it to help the very people in here, led by Speaker Pelosi in the House and many others. And we did it, and guess what? It worked. The number of violent and mass murders reduced were significant. A lot of people's lives were saved. You know, uh, and we can do it again. It's kind of spooky. You know, he's speaking in a large hall and there's an echo. And it sounded weird. No, he was there, but he, he was it was weird because he'd say something, something, and it echo, echo. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would challenge his uh, his things. Yeah, we took away the, uh, those guns then and uh, all the lives we saved. You know, gun violence went up since then. And so who in the hell is he lying to? Well, he's lying to us, actually. So... Nah, you know what, Joe? I'm, I'm not buying that uh, that narrative there. If they can you take your gun, take away the guns because you want you don't want them to be aimed at you. He he, that's true. I also it, it's an exercise in power. If he has all the guns, if his side has all the guns, and you have none, you better listen to what his side has to say. 
well, look at Pennsylvania, look at Philadelphia, and Philadelphia especially. Uh, crime is up there. They defunded the police. They don't have the funds. They're not going to go out to do anything because they're outmanned by the thugs. And these thugs can be just punk teenagers that are going, they ain't going to do nothing. We can just show up and overpower them, steal the ATM machine, knock them out, push them down. We don't care. You know, it's, it's angry violence against our generation because our generation is the Joe generation screwed, screwed them up. You said it yesterday down in Georgia, these guys were standing around voting places. It wasn't one guy, by the way, it was usually two or three guys with AR 15s. And I said, I wonder why the police didn't show up. And you said, probably because they were out gunned. Yeah, I wouldn't show up to, (laughs) you don't show up to a gunfight, uh, you know, either uh, unarmed or uh, with you, know, a knife. you don't go to a battle. If, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's like that uh, Indiana Jones thing, you know, where he was supposed to pull out a knife, but he was sick that day. And the guy pulls out the big knife and he goes, oh, no, and pulls out the gun, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and yeah, you, you, you want to make sure that you're at least evenly matched, if not have the upper hand. And I wouldn't go to a battle under undermatched. So he wants to take your guns, and uh, he wants more of your money. He wants you to get used to a recession. You ever notice how he's talking about the gas prices coming down? But they're not down to where they were when he got into office. So what he's saying is it went up to $5, and he got it down to like 350 And he's, we're supposed to be thankful that it's 350 when when he came into office, it was $1.89. Uh, yeah, but you know they've gotten they've gotten certain oil oil companies to Chevron. You know at Chevron we've committed to pump one hundred million gallons of gas because blah 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 right. blah. Well, okay, where are they pumping this gas from? Uh, not from the biggest reserve there is of it, which would be in, on our soil, and uh, which made us energy independent. No, it's going to come from. Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela. Chevron is a Venezuelan Russia. company, I believe. Yeah. So you know, yeah, you know, but they they cloak under red, white, and blue. You think they're a, uh, an American company, but yeah, uh, that is all a crap ass lie that they are giving to us. And by the way, the gas prices coming down. Uh, I had noted that you know people go well, you know, there's water and gas. Well, a lot of the independent dealers out there they got to make a buck on the on that gas too so it depends on what their supplier gives it to them for i know in pennsylvania northeast pennsylvania there's one supplier that's getting all the convenience stores and everything and what they're doing is they're cutting their price from the major suppliers right Uh, and how are they doing this well it's a simple additive called water which is not good for your engine friends. And it, it is, you ask a mechanic, they're going, Oh yeah, that's a problem. So you might have this $46,000 vehicle and you're putting water in it. Yeah. Thanks to Joe Biden. He's done some uh, terrible things. And uh, I think he's only going to get more emboldened as the uh, days and weeks. He seems to think that his victories are real. And I think this is delusional. I think he's a man who has gone his whole life who has lied about things and then to himself convinced himself that those lies are real. You know, he, he, how many times did we hear him say, you know, I graduated top of my class. I had a, you know, I was, uh, I had a double scholarship to this and that. And then the media went out and checked him and said he was in the bottom of his class and he didn't have any scholarships. And, and I mean, he, but he believes it. 
He says it with conviction, and I, I think that's the kind of guy we have who's sitting in the Oval Office right now. Well, then what we need to do is bring back the uh, the Biden of Christmas past, the ghost, and have Sam Donaldson sit there who corrected him on all of that. You know, you said this, right. really, you were this. Another thing which I think is interesting uh, and goes to the narrative that maybe there's a global situation going on behind the scenes that we can't see. Uh, leftist billionaire George Soros, you may have heard of him, mm-hmm. used his charities to build ties with hundreds of media organizations around the world involved in news and activist media. The journalism and activist media group Soros supports mold public opinion on practically every continent and in many languages. They also insulate him from inquiry because reporters see him as an ally, not as a target of investigation. The 92-year-old philanthropist's multi-million dollar efforts promoting his bizarre, quote, open society agenda encompasses some of the most radical leftist ideas on abortion, Marxist economics, anti-Americanism, defunding the police, environmental extremism, and LGBT fanaticism. His global media clout is massive. An extensive analysis by a company called MRC Business discovered at least 253 news and activist media organizations around the world financed by Soros's philanthropic organizations. These groups wield massive power over information in international politics. This guy is giving money to the media, 253 news and activist media organizations. Why would a news organization, Bill, be taking money from George Soros? Because it's there? I don't know. You know, (laughs) but he's giving it to them. I thought... Ethically, they were supposed to be impartial and never take anything from anybody. There was a time when, you know, if you went to a newsman and you wanted to take him somewhere, the newsman would say, well, I got to buy it myself. Or I got to, you know, thank you for dinner, but I'm going to pay for my own because mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to be, be perceived as being somebody who has been bought. Exactly. Well, you know what? There's a different, there's a different type of broadcaster today. Uh, they don't have the same code that we have. And, you know, I, I sit there and watch the news. There's big news happening, but they're all fluff pieces out there. I mean, today I'm sitting there watching a thing where this guy, he had a storage unit and he and his wife decided we can't make payments on it. They let it go. It went up for auction. Things got sold. And then they realized, oh, their special teddy bear for their kid was in there. Well, and the kid is all upset. Well, then, you know, the news story is, oh, isn't that sad? Shouldn't so we get the contacted. teddy bear for a little? Oh, gosh. No, go so they had to go contact the person that <laughs> bought the, the unit, and he goes, well, yeah, I sold everything. Oh, no, I gave the teddy bear away to somebody. So yeah. now they're going over to. Now he's the villain, by the way, the guy who gave the teddy bear away, who paid. Exactly. Unbelievable. You know, and then, and then they're going, well, now we found who has the teddy bear, but the teddy bear was in a box. I'm going. Never once did I hear or see the kid. Yeah. Maybe maybe these stupid people that let this thing go to begin with, you know, maybe they found out the bear was worth some money. Sure. And, you know, they're both losers on it, except for the person it was given to. You know, I'm sitting there going, what is this fluff piece yeah. have to do with being all over the news? And the news, they sit there and they do 10 minutes on that fluff piece, do some kind of a story, and then they come back to the fluff piece. And I'm going like, 
happened to the news? They don't do that anymore. You, you, that's a terrific point. They don't do real news anymore. I mean, they'll do a traffic accident that ties up this and that. And, you know, uh, they will do if it's snowing out in Boston. I want you some. You probably see this in not not too distant future mm. when you're up there. Watch the TV stations. You know, uh, traffic is tied up on 93 North. Let's go to so-and-so. Oh, well, it's snowing out right now. We have at least an inch of snow. They talk about snow like they've never seen it before. Having grown up in New England, I can assure you we have seen snow before. But the news media, many of them, by the way, don't come from the Boston area. They, Some of them haven't seen snow. It's a big deal for them. Yeah, you know, and I sit there. I, I was talking to somebody in India because I had to you know, I had to do customer service, and, yeah. but the lady was nice, and she was in India, and all of a sudden got to global warming and all that. And I'm going, okay, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I changed the subject, but it was interesting because you hear about, uh, you know, global warming and everything. The, 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 the oceans rising are going to come over and drown us all, and yet there was a story out of New England yesterday, uh, New Hampshire, I, I think it was, on the coastline there. Some guy was riding his bike along. You know, there had been, uh, you know, some tides that came in that usually come around this time of the year. Right. And all of a sudden, this 300-year-old, 400-year-old, maybe more than that ship, an old cargo wooden ship, came up on the shoreline. You know, and a yeah. man was going, well, how did that happen? I'm sitting there going, well, the tide came up and washed out the sand. That's exactly And right. uncovered yeah. it. Yeah. You see, it is not the tide taking over. And taking over the land, everything is natural yeah. and reciprocal. So, in other words, what you're hearing from the news is total bull pucky. You know that <laughs> ship got uncovered, and yes, that ship's it can been there. Claim it. Yeah, that ship has been there for decades. You know, yeah, centuries, it, yeah. maybe. And uh, you're right; it was the, it, it was uh, the tides washing the sand away from it to expose yes. it. Yes. It's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's erosion. It is not warming that's going to sit there and bring the water in. It is the natural <laughs> ebb tide of everything. When you live you long know, enough, Bill, way. you've seen it all, okay? And I've lived pretty, a pretty good life. Uh, I can remember in the 70s, it was global cooling that was the big problem. We were going to have global cooling. We were going to have another ice age. We oh, were, yeah, it, that was the late 70s. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't global warming. You know, and all of a sudden, the 70s ended, there was no global cooling, and they had to change the narrative. Well, why didn't it cool? Well, you know, maybe it's getting warmer. Well, that's good, too. Let's go with that. Global warming. And, and they, they hop on that bandwagon. You know, it is a bandwagon. It is. Yeah, well, no, it, what we have is chicken little news. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. They, they go with whatever they can sell at the time. You know, turn off the chicken little news. It's... It's not yeah. right. It's not good for you. Use your noodle, then you'll have chicken noodle soup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Chicken noodle soup today. <laughs> exactly. You know, another Sounds good actually. <laughs> Bill, it does sound good, doesn't it? Um, another interesting story out of Germany. Did you hear about this? Uh, yeah, the twenty-five people arrested and yeah, dozens more yeah. because they were trying to overthrow yes. the government because they say. It was an illegitimate government that was put in place after World War II. In a massive operation Wednesday, German authorities said 25 people connected to the QAnon conspiracy. Ooh. They uh, have rabbit holes there, too? Yes. 
the theory were arrested on suspicion of planning to overthrow the government. 25 people tried to overthrow the government, and they were QAnon. Yes, well, you know, this you know. Q by the thing, way, there know. is no QAnon. I, I, this is a uh, yeah. We, this is propaganda being thrown out. There's no QAnon. There's some guy who calls himself Q who makes predictions about what's happening in the world, and the people who follow his predictions, and when they post, they like to post anonymously. They don't want to be, you know, Joe Blow from Des Moines, right? Because everyone will think Joe Blow from Des Moines lost his rocker. So they post anonymously, and they are called anons, and they've taken at the media, and they've, ooh, we have to create this mean, evil organization. Why? Let's take Q and Anon, merge them together. They're QAnons. Now they're saying these 25 people are QAnon. Well, let me tell you something. I was watching the news last night, and there's a big question about what they've done in Germany, that many of these people are just dissidents. They're people mm -hmm. who have a different opinion. They're conservative. Uh, they're conservative. You mean they're election deniers? But some of them are election deniers. Some of them don't like the way the government is going, but they have the right. And is this the beginning of what's going to happen here? Maybe they won't go after QAnons in this country, but, you know, they might go after MAGA people. MAGA. Um, mm. You know, the, the, yeah, and that gets back to Trump and Trumpism and everything else that they've said about him. And they are trying to diminish the guy. Now the, the story in the media is Trump is going to just, you know, you know slowly fade away yeah. and then he'll disappear quickly. There's a I'm song like going, by Aerosmith called Dream On. It's appropriate mm -hmm. here. I wish I had it. Uh, it's not going to happen. Trump is in it for the long run. He no, but they're trying to diminish him, and now they're saying, oh, DeSantis has picked up, uh, you know. And I'm sitting there going, I'm wondering if it's purposeful for them to do it, to say, uh, DeSantis' numbers are growing, blah, 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 and they're doing that to divide us from within. Of course. Because, of course, you know, you're absolutely correct. Because it makes me question, well, is DeSantis real or not? And I'm going, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Let him prove his, you know, his worth or unworth. But this story in Germany, some people believe it's all tied into the global situation that's going on right now. It's mm -hmm. We're not just being attacked internally in this country by the left. It's a global attack. They're going after conservatives in Germany. Look what just happened last week in Canada. In Canada last week, uh, the effort to take all of your guns was underway. They've gotten some of the guns off the street, right? Now they're, they're proposing taking all guns from civilians. Don't you think for one second that Joe won't, uh, won't try to do the same thing here? Oh, I think he will, and I think that that'll be your happy new year. Give me your gun. Unbelievable. You know, and if you don't give up your gun... Uh, they're going to be entitled to use deadly force on you to take your gun. Now, from the uh, global conspiracy bin, right? Uh -oh, we have we something. Go. We have something in, going on in Germany. We have stuff happening here and in Canada. Uh, earlier today, that means today, okay? Today, Marxist Peruvian leader Pedro Castillo staged mm. a state coup and announced he would dissolve the Congress hours before their impeachment vote. Castillo's hands were shaking as he read the announcement this morning. 
Castillo then moved congressional elections to nine months out and will establish an emergency government. But later today, I guess this is a story from yesterday, okay? Later today, the Congress went ahead and impeached their Marxist leader. Instead, Congress voted 100 to 6 to impeach the failed leftist tyrant. So he is gone. And by the way, they didn't just let him walk out and take an Uber and go home. They arrested him and hauled him away. So I'm just saying, you know, maybe Joe should uh, look around and see uh, what, you know, what's going on around well, the world, you know? Here's my question. Their Congress did that. Hooray for them. But uh, he's a leftist. He, he was put there by somebody deep, deep, deep in the state, dark. Are they going to just let that go, uh, find another puppet to put in there? No, they, actually, they, gonna... they brought some woman in. Uh, her name was uh, Dina Bolart, B-O-L-U-A-R-T-E. Maybe it's Bolarte. Uh, That'd be Bolarte. But what would they, uh, uh, what would they put in? What's her background? I think she's. We don't know. I think she's. From what I've read, I think she's more conservative, mainstream. I don't know whether she's a total, uh, you know, neutral person. Maybe she's just a little better than what this guy was. Obviously, Pedro got people ticked off, and uh, they had had enough. And boy, he he dissolved Congress, and Congress said, "No, you don't." And they got rid of him, and the military backed Congress, which I think is interesting. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. look, look what's happening in Brazil. The military are standing by the people. I heard people say that what's happening in Brazil is a signal that it's, it may happen in the United States. It may happen here. Uh, they're on the verge. They want this guy, Lula, to step down or be removed because they believe the, the elections were stolen. And a lot of people in this country feel the same way about our elections. But, you know, we're, we're a law and order country. We are not quite as, uh, uh, we're not comfortable overtaking our governments, you know. Would, mm-hmm. like it, would like it to be done orderly and in a legal way. And I think that's what's happening in Brazil. I think they want this guy Lula to realize they're not going to let him be the president. The, the people are going to have their way. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But it makes me look at this country, and I look at our borders, and we talked about distractions. Now, the border crisis is a serious thing. But then again, is it a deliberate distraction, even though as serious that it is, to hide something even more evil, which we've been talking about? And that's the deep state. I think what you've said is a very good question. That's a great question. Uh, I mean, think about what people are talking about i'm gonna play mm-hmm. i'm gonna play for you a cut right now that's a good introduction to play uh the lara logan pieces on oh, uh, okay. on, tra- yeah. on trafficking we got about two segments okay and i th- right. i think it's worth listening to because i think this is the kind of thing that we've got to be concerned uh that that's happening on our border and our administration is allowing it to happen so the question is is there a connection between the two are they are uh, they allowing it to happen for a reason? And uh, this is the kind of thing that Lara Logan addresses. Listen to this. 
it starts with the money because um, there are foundations and there are private companies who are being paid millions of dollars to set up shop um, everywhere from you know McAllen and places right on the border all the way to San Antonio which is just an hour from where I live and um, and they are being paid to get rid of these children as quickly as possible I wasn't surprised to hear the government whistleblower that James O'Keefe and Project Veritas worked with um, to hear her say that the emphasis from this administration is on speed get rid of these kids as quickly as possible we know that that's true because we've seen that from the beginning of this administration remember when all those people um, gathered under the bridge all the Haitians and it was a crisis for a couple of days and then what did they do they just got rid of them they make them disappear and and this is the pattern of this administration they know because they use the border to such great effect against Donald Trump they know that when you get a bunch of women and children especially families and small children that are in custody so whether they're in cages or behind bars in some way shape or form that what happens none of these facilities are set up to house them so you get all the problems and all the crises that happened under the Trump administration but this would be of a magnitude so many times greater than anything we saw under Trump because there have never in the history of this country been so many people and so many unaccompanied minors pouring over the southern border in the thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, these are numbers that nobody working the border has ever seen in their lifetime. Even in the winter, the numbers are like nothing anyone has ever seen. And those are just the numbers that they admit to. So what we know is, if you look at the money, if you look at health and human services, their strategy from the very beginning is make the problem go away. Don't let anybody see how big it is because then they will understand the truth. Then they will realize that we truly do have an open border. Don't look at the number of people dying every month because it's more people dying coming into this country than at any time, right? Don't look at any of those things because if you do, you will understand the implications of this policy and you will won't believe the nonsense that's coming out of the White House and coming out, out of the Laura, 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 Laura how, how, can, how can we have a whistleblower that goes, they get a map, and they get, have a house in Houston? She goes, oh, there's 41 unaccompanied minors there, and a couple of people they turn them over to, and there's 21 here, and there's 15 here, and there's 20 here. How can yep. they have them all, some of these in places that are essentially brothels? And the, and the U.S. government, they go, well, the cartel guys, the, the, the traffickers won't sue us. So that's why we're not, and because we're looking, we need we need a system here that can't be stopped. Well, and, and taxpayers, why should taxpayers give their money to this? This is the U.S. government as a partner. Your government that we all pay taxes to as a partner in the sexual trafficking of young children. Am I, is, is there anything in that statement that is incorrect in your mind, ma'am? No, there isn't anything in that statement that's incorrect. Um, you know, people can try to argue that the government doesn't know that this is what's happening, but we know that that's just a blatant lie. I mean, I know Border Patrol agents whose job, one of these agents said to me, Steve, right, because their job, there were actual jobs where all you did day and night was verify these families, make sure that someone who says this is my child, that they're telling the truth, right? They, the reason you had those chain link uh, fences, right, that were around 
ground where they were holding these people was one of the, the purposes for it was so that border patrol agents could look through right and they could see this person this who says this is my child are they feeding this child do they know how to care for a child if they give them a diaper right if they give them a bunch of diapers and a bottle with formula do they know how to feed that child because very often what they were finding was that people didn't have any idea and so they were observing them over time because that was the answer that was very revealing and all of those positions in border patrol were done away with when this administration came in almost from day one and one of these agents said to me once he said ma'am you've never asked me what keeps me up at night and i said no because that's cliched and i i try not to ask you know predictable questions and he said but i want to tell you so i said okay go ahead tell me what keeps you up at night and he said i'm a father he said, I have small children. He said, and I see their faces. All I think about is I'm this child's last hope. After me, I mean, it's certain death, right? Because you're going to be raped, you're going to be tortured, you're going to be, you know, traded for whatever purpose that the cartels want. Think about that for a second. That border patrolman said, I'm that child's last hope. After that child leaves me, they have nobody. They have nobody. Right. And you know what? We should remember that. That's it's very important. Bill, when you see a group of people on television coming across the border with their children or children, maybe not their children, you have to ask, where are they going? Where are they don't they know. going? But they've been given um, word that, they're doing the right thing and that they can trust their child with this person to where they're going. Imagine yourself on the Titanic. You can't get off of the Titanic. It is sinking. But you can give your child to somebody that goes, don't worry. Yeah, some people, some people are doing that. Yes, some people are doing the right thing and helping this child get across the border into a better life. But what they believe is most of the children are being They're taken not. across by coyotes, by mules. They're being mm-hmm. trafficked into our country. People, and I, it's hard to imagine that there is a culture in our country that, that lives this lifestyle, but there's a, a, a segment in our society that, that enjoys abusing children. Mm-hmm. They, they, they find that pleasurable they, it's something they actually pay for. Yes, they do. I, uh, look, in, in L.A., it's called a meat house. And basically, the border or these, uh, these coyotes are the agents of a meat house. That meat house is basically where they bring children that go to, you know, they could, they could be offered off in the porn industry. They could be offered off to somebody that goes, I'll pay $100,000 for that kid so I can have brutal, rough sex with them, and kill them in the act. Somebody wants to see the film of it. And, yeah, that's gross and that's graphic. Bill, why are you saying that? Because I know it is true. They use, there's a segment of our society that uses children's blood, okay? That's exactly right. And there's a segment in our society, satanic segments in our society, who will butcher children and, and cannibalize them. Will eat them. I mean, that and sounds you, uh, that sounds disgusting and unbelievable, but there is a segment that does this. And how many pharmaceuticals, in the name of science, would take 
an undocumented child and experiment on them. Bill, probably more than you can imagine if, if you said that in public. Uh, I'm they not would, the only one that But see, it. that's and what they've done. What they've done is they have made an environment where if you question what's happening with these children and you imagine the worst, you're called crazy, a conspiracy theorist and a nut. They've made it so you're the problem for questioning the evil that these people are doing. I have another uh, short segment from Laura Logan wrapping it up sure. on trafficking. Listen. You had a bust in Texas where they were bringing women who were eight months pregnant to a gas station where they had to work off their debt by being raped every day in a miserable little room at the back of the gas station. And I mean, that was Texas law enforcement that busted that open and it was widely reported. So if you think about what we know, Steve, it's a fraction of what the administration knows because we only have a fraction of the evidence, right? So they know that when they open the border, the cartels are the ones making the money. They know that the people are being, if not trafficked for sex, they're being trafficked for their labor or trafficked for debt slavery. We know because it's been reported, NPR, I think it was, did a documentary all about how the cartels will go. They'll take the title of your land back in Guatemala or wherever it is you come from. They'll take everything from your family back there. They destroy these families on both ends, right? Not just uh, back home there, but also right here in the United States. And and. We know from the beginning of this administration that they've been moving kids in the middle of the night. I know an organization that went up and filmed it in Tennessee. The police were right there on the runway. They were watching it. You know what happened when that plane landed? You know, two uh, luxury Greyhound buses came up. They put those children in different buses. These guys that I know, they followed uh, those buses. They went way over 100, over the speed limit. Nobody stopped them at any time. And, the, and I have video of this one bus stopping outside an airport. And what happens? People come up with trucks and cars, and they get hand hit. There's two kids, three kids going with this guy, with that guy. I know a guy working for an organization, a company that was paid money to give these kids away. And he said to me, he was very senior in Homeland Security Investigations before he took this job. And he said to me, Lara, we're handing these kids over to people we have no idea who they are. Yako Boyens, a very well-known counter-trafficking person whose sister was a victim of trafficking. He went on Tucker Carlson's show. He's been talking about this. I talked to him fairly often and he said they are literally paying people paying private companies to take these kids they don't care if they're giving them to known pedophiles they know they're giving them to criminals sometimes and they don't care because the, the well-being of these children is not their objective we know that the cartels this is the number one destination in the world right now for sex trafficking every sex trafficker every criminal every criminal organization and the cartels they have never been making more money the legacy of this administration is that they have made the most violent and evil criminal organizations on the face of the earth richer and more powerful than they have ever been and we need to know from the Biden administration, why is it that they opened the doors to the cartels? Because the reality is when you open the doors, you open them for everybody. 
and you're not doing anything. We don't hear them talking about the threat of these cartels. We don't hear them saying this is a national security issue. We don't hear them saying that we're concerned about the well-being of these kids. We don't. What we know from whistleblowers, and I know from sources, and we know from Project Veritas, is that the strategy is get rid of these kids as fast as possible. Don't let anybody see the problem, and we don't care what happens to them. And by the way, yes, we are using your tax dollars to make this happen. Wow. Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, we have more from her tomorrow talking specifically about that whole Balenciaga fiasco. Uh, mm-hmm. She was on, uh, I think it was uh, Steve Bannon's show. That's where that came from, from uh, I think about a week ago. And uh, she's a very articulate lady. Her f- her stories aren't just made up. You know, They're not no. just pulled off. She goes out and does some very serious investigations. The the news person that she was on 60 Minutes and on CBS and these national networks, she, she hasn't changed. She's just talking about subjects they don't want to talk about anymore, so yeah. they're minimizing She hasn't her. changed. They've changed. Exactly. Exactly. Another thing which I thought was interesting, Project Veritas mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday released an undercover video of a dean of students bragging about teaching, quote, queer sex, end quote, to minors and giving them butt plugs to play with. Uh, Mm. Joseph Bruno, a dean of students at uh, Francis W. Parker School in Chicago, told an undercover journalist, Project Veritas journalist, that the coolest part of his job is watching minor students play with butt plugs and show interest in, in various sex toys. They bring dildos and things like that. And if you don't believe me, if you think this is all made up, listen to this short audio clip. I had like our LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around butt plugs and dildos to my students, talking about queer sex, using blue versus using spit. Meet Joe Bruno, Dean of Students at the prestigious Francis W. Parker Private School in Chicago, which happens to charge $40,000 per student. They're just like passing around dildos, butt plugs. The kids are just playing with them. They're like, how do you, how does this butt plug work? How do we do, like, how does this work? That's a really like part of my job. Parents might be stunned to learn that Bruno's version of love and acceptance means handing out sex toys to underage students. So I've been the dean for four years. During Pride, we do a Pride week every year. And I had, um, I had like our LGBTQ plus health center come in. They were passing around butt plugs and dildos to my students, talking about queer sex, using blue versus using spit. Who is this? This is uh, an LGBTQ plus health center came in to talk to my high school students. They're just like passing around dildos, butt plugs. The kids are just playing with them. They're looking at them. In the school? In, in a classroom. Wow. Yeah. While I'm sitting there. And we had a drag queen come in, um, pass out cookies and brownies and do photos. That's and- so amazing. And everybody's cool with that, like the plugs and the dildos. Nobody complains. No. Yeah. I mean, if the parents found out, but they... No. It's queer sex. This is the drag queen that came in. What's her name? Uh, Alexis Bevels. Alexis Bevels. I just hung out in my classroom. Who was there? Or hung out in my office. You have so much freedom. So much wiggle room. So much freedom. So much money. I mean, to do stuff. Trustees are okay with that too? They don't know. 
They would. It's like we. I wouldn't even like run it by them. Like, why would I run it by them? They'd be like, "Oh my god, that's wonderful." Like yeah. How old were the kids at with the classroom? 14, 18. They're like, "How do you? How does this book work? How do we do? Like, how does this work?" Right. Um, so yeah, that's a really like cool part of my job is I don't have to worry about stuff like that. So you're paying forty thousand dollars a year, right? For your kid to go to, to high school to learn mathematics, history, English, literature, things like that, science, and you have this guy, the dean of students of all things, uh, a guy named Joe Bruno, bragging about the fact that he's teaching them queer sex. Well, let me just say this, and it's just me saying this, but that guy, you know, he has the right to feel the way he feels about himself, but he doesn't have the right to sit there and delve into the minds and the mindset and sculpt and change the mindset sexually of those children. You hear more and more about mainstream schools, never mind the high-end schools that are charging 40 grand a year for your kid, but you're hearing about public schools in the libraries having uh, a drag queen come in to uh, in, in, in drag to talk about uh, their lifestyle to your kids. Well, you know, it's even further than that. Mom and dad can innocently, or grandma, can innocently introduce, you know, their child or grandchild into, you know, transgenderism. Well, how would you do that? Well, the American doll, that big doll that stands so high. Well, now it has a book. Yeah, you can sit there and go, oh, I'm going to get the doll. Oh, it's got a book, too. I'll buy that story. You might want to thumb through the pages i think 96 page 96 is one of them but basically it talks to three to 11 year old girls about their sexual identity and that they should maybe they're not a girl maybe they're really a guy maybe they need a mastectomy maybe they need to go see a school counselor that will sign assign a, a gender counselor to them or better yet if you can't talk to your parents because they're not cool well, if you talk to your counselor, they can actually assign somebody outside of the school, outside of your family, maybe even take you away from your family so that you can explore your true transgender sexuality. I heard that some states are allowing kids to make the decision to have gender reassignment and, and mastectomies and things like that without parental consent. Girl with a double mastectomy out in California, that is... Now, okay, she made the decision. Can she make the decision at 11 or 13 years old? I don't no. think so. No. You know, because, uh, the, you know, well, the science says, well, okay, let's go with your science. You know, as a matter of fact, boys and women don't hit maturity until they're at least 25 to 30 years old. You don't have the brain function to make right. the right decision until you're into your adult years and you're sitting there trying to carve out how a kid's going to be. I, I mean, uh, Jim is a cis. So am I, which means that we believe that our gender was assigned to us. You know, when we were born, that was That's our right. assigned gender. Yeah. But no, we got to have a label now. Got to have a pronoun now. And we're labeled as, you know, uh, it's like an election denier. I guess we're gender deniers that we the really left, might have the been left is else. good at labeling people. The left is yeah. great 
at labeling I've people. I've got a label for them between my fingers here. Oh, but that's oh, little... oh, oh. We, hey, you don't want to wrap it up hey, on a hey, on a, hey, you don't hey, want to hey, wrap hey. it up on a sour note, Bill. It's a, no, no, no. But I am mad about this, and you yeah. know, you, you leave the children. Look, uh, you, you're into everything. Leave the kids alone, because well, I'm you not know, the Kurt, Kurt Cameron. You, you remember Kurt Cameron? Kirk Cameron yeah. was an actor uh, back in yeah. the 80s, and a, young, a child actor, and uh, he, he's a, a devout Christian, good guy, still in entertainment, uh, but he believes in God. He wrote a book, a children's book, on, and it had a kind of a Christian theme to it, and he asked a library, one of the libraries, or several libraries, whether he could come in and do a reading to some kids. They said, no, no, you have a Christian theme in this. We don't want you to do this. He said, well, you just had... Uh, some drag queens in doing a, a show, uh, and that was okay. Well, that was different. That was uh, accepted by the LGBTQ plus community, but this isn't. So he had he's having a problem getting his book, being able to read his book in a public library, you know, that has a Christian theme to it. In the meantime, people who would espouse uh, – beliefs that would have been considered strange just a few short years ago have no problem at all. None. Anyway, um, I could go on and on. Hey, Bill, we've done it again, my friend. And, and I, yep. uh, it's amazing how fast an hour, an hour goes by, doesn't it? Holy smokes. It, it goes quick. I just looked at the clock. And, Ooh, we pro we're probably over in time, but so what? A little bit, but it's been a good show, and we, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow, wrapping up another week, approaching our first year anniversary on the 16th. Can you believe that? Holy smokes. Yeah. You know what, though? We came a long way. Back then, we said, eh, we'll go 20 minutes on the yeah. show. And, yeah. and we yeah. struggled to get along. And, you know, because we were, A, getting comfortable in our shoes doing this. And then, right. you know, getting our timing with each other down. And we talked about it daily. And then all of a sudden, it you know, we were at 30 minutes and then 40 minutes. And we said, you know, what the hell? Just let it rip. Exactly, exactly. Uh, anyway, we will um, we'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Excuse me, I have to go get a glass of water. Good time to sign off. Have a great day, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you in the AM. In the AM, we'll see you then. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.